Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Take, turn with me in your Bible to um, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, I want to ask you a question today, and we're going to answer it in the next few minutes of time. And the question that I'm going to ask you is how much is a soul worth? What's the value of a soul? We're going to answer that question. Jesus does a good job of answering that for us in Matthew chapter 16. It's just one verse. And uh, he answers, he asks a question that he never gives an answer to. Isn't that interesting? He says this, he says, for what profit it? Is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? He says, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? He asks the question, but he never gives the answer, which is very odd because how many know God always knows the answers to the questions? And so what we see here is I think the reason why is because he wants you and I to answer the question. He wants every single person to come to the place where they can say, I know that I know how much value there is in one soul. I think if you took all the combined money in the world, if you took all the actual cash money of all the different currencies of all the corners of the world, some say you'd have somewhere around $40 trillion in money. I just need one of them. That's all I need. Jesus says a soul is worth more than all of that. One soul is worth more than all of that. Jesus to him is so willing to die on a cross because of the souls of men. He thinks so much value is in those souls because he was willing to leave all the glory of heaven, the splendor of heaven, come to earth as a man live a sinless life, die a cruel death, raise from the dead that he could redeem the souls of men. He didn't come for finances or money. He didn't come for glory or acclaim. He came for a soul. And it helps us to understand the value of it. Let me ask you if I told you I had a million dollars in my pocket, but you had to give me both of your eyes for that million dollars. Would anybody in here give me a million dollars for both of your eyes right now? What if I said I had $10 million in my pocket and I'd cash app you for both of your eyes? Would you give me both of your eyes for $10 million? There's not enough money, is there, for your eyes because your eyes are precious to you. And how much more precious is the soul because the eyes are just the window of that soul. So for all those throughout humanity who say they don't care about eternity, they don't, they don't believe that there's a heaven or there's a hell, all those who say, oh, when you die, you just die, can I tell you the reality is, is they really understand that their souls are valuable whether they're willing to admit it or not. And Jesus here says it's so very much important. Now, Let's do this first. Let's do a little homework, and let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, and he tells us what we're made up of as we talk about this topic of what value is there, how much value is there to one soul. He says in verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, 
soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he just told us that you are made up of three parts. You are made up of a body, you are made up of a soul, and you're made up of a spirit. Now, you know that the body is this thing that you see on the outside. It's this flesh, it's the skin, it's the hair, it's what makes up you and people see. The soul is that emotional part of you, that part, that intellectual part of you. It's that part that makes, gives you the ability to relate to one another. But then the third part is that you're a spirit as well, and that's the part of you on the inside that connects to Almighty God. It's that piece of you that God placed in there. You ever heard people say, you know, there's that God-shaped vacuum in their heart that only God can fill? That's your spirit, because your spirit is the part of you that connects to Almighty God. And so we see that you're a three-part being. And the, the thing is, is this part that physical body, how many know it's wasting away? It's not getting younger. It's not getting newer. It's getting... You're all, there you go. It's, it's growing. It's decaying. When I, I went to a, a Catholic school for three years, and, and the Catholics have what's called Lent. Lent's a time during Easter where they kind of give things up for this particular season. And there's, there's a part during Lent it's called Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is, the, is, the, the, is one of the one times, I think it's the only time in the Catholicism where Protestants and Catholics can share in the same service. Ash Wednesday is when the priest comes and you kneel before him and he, he has a, 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 a cup of ashes. He sticks his finger in the ashes and he puts it on your forehead. And it's interesting, 800 boys walking around with a big black dot on their forehead. And he says these words, and I think it's very appropriate here. He says these words, he says, Son, man, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Goes to the next person. Man, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Man, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Is that the truth or is not, is not the truth? Because the thing is, is everybody's going to decay. Everybody's physical body is going to decay. Every person one day is going to be that one in the casket. They're going to be that one that's going to go into the ground and, and, and de de decay, and your body's going to go into its base elements. It's going to be that time when your, your, your body will literally die and become part of the earth. But the thing is, is not just that. The body will die, but the soul and the spirit will live forever. Isn't that a great gift that God gives? Every baby born, every human being, their, their soul and their spirit are going to live forever. So for the, top, for, the, for the purpose of our talk today, we're going to combine the soul and the spirit together because they're the part that lives forever. That be okay? If you think about humans have a unique ability to live forever. Now, a star has a beginning, a star has a middle, and a star has a death. Plants have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Even a Twinkie has a shelf life. But you and I as humans are not ever going to die. You're going to live, you have an eternal body that's going to live forever called a soul and a spirit. Every person will live forever. I know there are those that say, well, when you die, it's just over. You close your eyes and that's it. I hate to be the one to give them a rude awakening, but when they die and they stand before Almighty God, they're going to realize that's not the case. Every person will live on for eternity, some in a wonderful place called heaven and some away from God in a place called hell. But a soul has no shelf life. It will live forever and ever and that's why I want part of the reason that Jesus says it's so valuable and so important. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 5 says, For man goes to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. 
Remember your Creator before the silver cord is loosed, the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, the wheel broken at the well. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will turn to the God who gave it. So the good news is for me and you as believers. The good news is for all of humanity is life doesn't stop when you breathe your last breath. It just starts the next chapter. It makes it valuable because it never dies. So we also know this, that the soul is valuable not just because of it lives forever, but it's also valuable because it's patterned after God. The soul and the spirit that God gave you, it's made in the image of Him. It's valuable because of the source it originated from. If I had a painting up here, and that painting had the name of Van Gogh on it, it would be valuable, wouldn't it? If I had a painting up here, and the painting had the name Rosenbaum on it, it wouldn't be valuable at all. The source is what gives, gives its, its value. If you have a, a dollar bill in your pocket, it says United States government on it, it has value to it. If you have a dollar bill in your pocket, and it says Monopoly on it, it has no value. Because the source is what gives it its value. You and I are valuable because of who our source is. See, you're not a random act of just something that just happened. You're not just an explosion that took place. But you were designed and manufactured by Almighty God. The creator of the universe breathed his breath into you, put his life into you, and you are something because of what the source is of your life. That soul and that spirit on the inside of you is patterned after the greatest of all time. It is patterned after God Himself. So the question is, what part of us is made in God's image? The body, the soul, or the spirit? Well, I guess we've got to ask that particular question. See, because John 4.24 says it like this, God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So if we're made in the image of God, but God's a spirit, that means we're not made in the physical image of God. So that must mean we're made in the soul and the spirit image of God. So when, the thing is, when God looked at you and He wanted to do something and make something last forever, because the body won't last, when He wanted to do something that would last forever, He said, I'm going to take of myself. I'm going I'm to take of what I have and give it to them. And that's, I'm going to give them a body that's going to last forever. Listen, that puts you in a different league than with other people. As they used to say in Newport, that's some pretty tall cotton. It's why you say this, that you're the representation of God to the world. Because you're made just like Him. See, the thing is, is you are patterned after your daddy. You are, you're, 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 the way you act, the way you think, the way you were designed is patterned after your daddy. The same building materials that are in your daddy are also in you. The same construction that's in your daddy is also in you. The same blood that's in your daddy is also in you. The same stuff in you is the same stuff that came out of Almighty God. That makes you above things, other creative things in the world. You're different than a monkey. You're not a monkey. You're different than a monkey. It makes you different than the plants. It makes you different than, than the sun, the moon, the stars. It sets you apart than everything else because you were made from the stuff that your heavenly Father was made from. That makes the soul of a man have intrinsic value in this world. 
That means the soul is different than everything else. Of all God's creative ability, of everything that God created, you are different than everything else because he took of what it was in him and put it in you. Gave great value to you and I as human beings. So why? Why is a soul important? Why is it valuable? Because it has eternal qualities that will live forever. It's patterned after God. And thirdly, I want to show you why it's important because a soul is sought after by Satan. The Bible says Satan came to steal, to kill, and destroy. And let's really ask the question, what is he after? What is he looking for? Does he want to come to steal paper clips? Does he want to come to steal another pair of shoes? Or does he really come to steal the souls of men? Is that what drives the enemy to do all that he does? The wars and famines and all that he causes and thieves and all that. Does he do that because he's really after the souls of men? The answer is absolutely. The Bible says, John 10, 10, say it with me, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But thank God Jesus said, I've come to give him life and life to the abundance. Satan comes to steal, but he's really after your soul. See, thieves don't sell, thieves don't steal cheap stuff. I've been around a couple of days, and I've never read the news and it said a guy got life in prison for stealing grass clippings. For stealing a piece of bubble gum. Never heard that. Because there's not much value to those things. Thieves steal those things that are valuable. They steal gold and silver and money. They steal things because the more the greater the value, the better that they the better that the reward is for them. So the thing is, is you have to understand because Satan fights so hard in this world after the souls of men, they must be valuable. Why do you think today that there's this whole evolution that goes on, this talk of that we came from a, a big bang and that we were, we were descended from monkeys? Why do you think that transgender is such a hot topic today to get people confused about who they are? Why do you think they say Christianity is outdated Oh, it's that old thing. It's, it, it's, just, it's on the wrong side of history. Why are millennials leaving the church and they say, oh, they're, they're leaving the younger people or leaving the body of Christ? Why is deconstruction, you can go and listen to a video of somebody who walked away from their faith. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why, is it, why do we not have to worry about shacking up? Why do you not have to worry about hitting the clubs and lying to your wife and every other excuse that's given to leave God? Why is there so much of that out there? Because Satan knows the value of a soul, and he's coming after more. Today, I know that there are those that um, they struggle with that belief that maybe all this God stuff is not real. There are those. There was a time in my own Christian life where I had, in the back of my mind, there was this little bitty voice that kept saying, it's all just hoo-ha, not real just made up stuff, make people feel good about themselves. This is God's stuff. And this was after I'd become a Christian, after I began to live for God. But in the back of my mind, I always had this little idea that maybe this was all just made up. And I'll tell you where it came from. In college, I'd gone to the beach with uh, some, some friends, and one guy was from Europe. And so one, we're just walking along the beach one time, and one night, and he's, we're walking, looking at the stars and everything. It's just really, you know, how, how pretty it is. And and I was just, and I was, you know, I wanted to be a witness, so I said, you know, it's just amazing to me how God made stuff, you know, so beautiful. 
And he said these words. He said, well, what if there is no God? I said, well, I know there is. He said, but what if? I said, well, I mean, you, you got it. The evidence is all running. He said, no, 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 no. But what if? So when we walked away from that conversation, that what if stood, stood, stuck in the back of my mind. And there were times I'd be in church and I'd be worshiping God or with my hands raised and I'd be thinking, what if? It's not true. Times I'd go to pray and go, in the back of my mind, I heard that what if. And God was gracious to answer that what if question to me. Because about two years later, that guy called me on the phone, invited me over to his house, sat down in his living room, and he asked me the question. He said, are you still a Christian? I said, well, yes, I am. He smiled at me real big. He said, I am too. And so every time I wonder if this is all a farce, I think about the what if in the back of my mind, I think about George. And I think about him smiling with a big old smile on his face saying, I am too. What is it with you? What is God? How has God answered that what if question to you? How has God answered the questions that in the back of your mind that always just kind of kind of wants to keep you to, to not believe or to keep you lacking faith? What is that thing that God has done? Is it that time you saw that person healed? Is it the time you saw that person who you never thought come to God came to God? Is it the time that God, out of nowhere, there was a, a miracle or something took place and you knew that God had to do it? What was it? See, I believe this, everybody's got one of those. I believe everybody's got one of those times where, you know what, God answered the what-if question in the back of your mind. Preacher friend was preaching this sermon one day. He said, when I was 19 years old, I had that what-if question. He said, I, I had been to a Bible college, and they had taught at the Bible college that the days of miracles and um, healings were, were over. He said, but the thing is, you know, when I was sitting there as a young man listening to that, I almost would have believed it. He said, had I not gone to that revival about a month before and not walked into that revival and seen that man in a wheelchair and knew his condition, and as the power of God hit that man, I watched him get out of that wheelchair and begin to run up and down the aisles. And I told the professor, you're a month too late. You're a month too late. You know what, if, I, if you'd been here a month before, I might have believed that. But until I saw it with my own eyes and watched God do something that only God could do, he said, I might have believed that. I'm telling you today, if you've got some what-if questions in your mind, bring them to God. Say, God, I'm not 100% sure, but I want you to answer that what-if. And I know this, that I know this, that I know. He'll do it every single time. He'll do it every single time. What's your story? See, I like it, and I call that my story is what I'm going to tell Satan. I don't know if this is biblical, but I believe one day I'm going to get to talk to Satan. And that's what I'm going to tell him. That's the story. I mean, I'm sure he's got lots of people that are going to be lined up to give it to him. But I'm going to stand and be the one that stands in front of him and say, Yeah, you know, remember that time you tried to get me? Remember that what if you played in the back of my mind? Remember that time you tried to help me make me think that this was all a farce? I just want you to know that, that George is here with me in heaven right now. I don't know what your story is to tell Satan. I don't even know if that's biblical or not, but I just think it sounds good. And lastly, the value of a soul is measured by God's concern for saving it. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord's not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness. But He's patient towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
Do you know the story of Jesus coming to this earth as the Son of God to die for, for mankind? And if you really understand why Jesus came, He didn't come so that He could just declare victory. He didn't come so that He could just tell everybody He was God. He came to die for the human soul that it might be saved. That's it. He didn't come because He needed the attention. He didn't come for any other reason. He came because He came for the souls of men. Jesus died so that the soul could live forever with God. Nothing in this world was able to pay the price for the soul of, to redeem the souls of men. Nothing else. They tried the blood of bulls. They tried the blood of goats. They tried sacrifices. They tried asceticism. They tried being good. Everything that could ever be done has tried to be done, but nothing could atone for the souls of man except what Jesus did by dying on the cross. The only hope this world has, and the world's been trying to pay this price, but the only thing in this world able to pay the price for the soul of a man is the death of Jesus on the cross. Let me read to you 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Nothing can wash away the sins of man and cleanse his soul except the blood of Jesus. You can't buy your way out of this. I heard a, heard a, a, a wealthy billionaire one time doing an interview, and he had just given $50 million to help build a hospital. And they, somehow the interviewer began to talk about heaven. Do you think you'll go to heaven? And he kind of smirked and said, yeah, I think I'll go to heaven. And he talked about how he had just given this amount of money. And the interviewer said, well, what makes you so certain? And he just kind of smirked, I just know. Listen, there's going to be lots of people who thought they, their deeds, good deeds would get them to heaven. They're going to be sorely, sorely misrepresented when they get to heaven. Because the only thing that can save the soul of man is Jesus' death on the cross. The Bible says you must be born again. Hear me, somebody in here. It's not whether you attend a church not whether you're a pretty good person. It's not whether you do good deeds or whether you do more good deeds than bad deeds. Those things don't matter. It doesn't matter what, what affiliation you're a part of. It doesn't matter what family you come, by, you come from. You may be the great-grandson of Billy Graham or you may be a, a, the, the, in, the, in the lineage of great people or even the lineage of, of David or, or Moses themselves, but nothing of that will save you. Only having your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ can save the souls of men. And that's why he came, because their soul was so valuable that he was willing to die for it. If I gave you money to take your children, how many of you, how many of you would accept my offer? Depends on the day. <laughs> Some of you going, how much money? Wait a minute, how much? Is that an offer? Okay, how about this? If I gave you money, to murder your children, how many of you would take up that offer? Father in heaven willfully gave up his son to be murdered. Why? 
for the souls of men. So when Jesus asked the question, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? How valuable is the soul? My friend, it is the most valuable thing in this world. And first of all, I have to ask you this question. In the presence of the Lord, has your soul been cleansed by Jesus Christ? I'm not, I'm, I'm just for a moment, I'm not playing church, I'm just being honest with you. Are you saved because of Jesus' death on the cross? The Bible says if you confess him with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He'll wash away that stain. Is that you today? And if that's not, just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come. But secondly, I know that you know some souls that are not there yet. And the soul is so valuable. I mean, of all the things we could do right now, we're about to come and pray. Of all the things we could do to come and pray, I can't think of anything that would be more beneficial than come and pray for the souls of men. Father, today in the name of Jesus, we just come to this part in our service where we get to cry out to you. It's the most exciting part in the world to get to come and know that you hear our prayers and our petitions. And God, today we're coming. There's those that are going to come and their soul's not right with you, but they're going to leave here washed, cleansed by Jesus Christ. There are also those today, God, that we want to pray for. Souls that are not where they need to be, but today, God, we're coming to intercede for souls and pray for souls. Give us the courage. Give us the strength, God. Bring them to our mind and let us birth them into the kingdom of God. The Bible says when sons and daughters travail, kingdom of God, there's more people are born into the kingdom of God. I praise you for that and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.